Visit us online at privatesweetmag.com to check out the latest issue and to connect with us on all of your favorite social media websites. Right, guys, we are back in the suite. My name is Rich, joined here, as always, by Matt and Uriel. Matt, how you doing? How are you? Doing pretty good. Uriel, what's up? Yo, what's up, man? Pretty good. Good, man. It's good to be back. It's, I think this has uh, been the first time we've, all all three of us have started an episode, uh, I think since the first one, right, from the beginning. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good to, good to get back into it. I think we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Lots of interesting topics, lots of uh, housekeeping stuff to go over and, and talk about. So, um, before we really get into all that stuff, um, let's just start out with what we normally do. What are we listening to this week? Uriel, want to kick it off? Absolutely, man. I've been listening to the Snatcher OST on vinyl on YouTube with my shitty headphones. It is gorgeous, even through my shitty headphones. It makes me sort of want to play the game. I know that's not an easy task, and emulating it's not a good idea, but holy cow, it's about as good as you remember. On vinyl on YouTube. Yep, that's right. I'm listening straight on the third way. <laughs> Wait, so you're you're listening to a vinyl rip on YouTube? You betcha. It's like secondhand. Yeah, it's thirdhand. It's like uh, you have to burn it onto the vinyl. This was not made from like vinyl audio. They're not re-recording it anyway. So it's a digital recording put onto vinyl, recorded onto YouTube. That's right. <laughs> it's like oh. a bootleg of a bootleg, man. <laughs> nice. Whatever, whatever, whatever you, you got to do to get it, to uh, to make yeah. it work. So, sweet, Matt. What about you? Um, well, still been listening to a lot of Mac DeMarco, um, and I just picked up this '90s cassette at the thrift shop, and it's like uh, dance music from the late '90s. And I'm just gonna say the cover art. It's about the most 90s it gets. It looks absolutely horrible, but I love it to death. So Nice. Are they wearing like flannel and they have like those bug eye glasses? No, it's it's like kind of hard to describe. It's green and it has lines all over it and the words like mix and V1. And it looks really ugly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of stuff from the 90s usually does. Right. It looks really bad. It looks like those ironic Vaporwave album covers. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, the stuff that's just made to look bad or like a bunch yeah. of yeah. Windows 95 screens and dolphins and Fiji bottles and palm trees and random crap all yeah. over it. And, and uh, Rich, I heard you not only are listening to stuff, but you are also seeing and standing. Experiencing mm. stuff. Yes. I, uh, I went to the... Uh, 100% Electronica concert uh, in Philadelphia this past week uh, with George Clanton, uh, Satin Sheets, Esperit, and Surfing performing. Um, and I have to say it was an absolutely fantastic show. You know, we talked about in the first episode about like what would a like a, an actual Vaporwave concert be, not like a Future Funk or anything like that, but like what, you know, what it would be. So this is kind of the first experience I had at an actual vaporwave show and it was it was really cool i have to say i was super excited to see uh, satin sheet the not satin sheets well excited to see that but i was really excited to see surfing that's the one one group i really wanted to go see because uh, deep fantasy is one of my favorite albums and they they put on a good show but george clanton 
that show, the performance he put on there was absolutely incredible. Really, really good. Cannot recommend it enough. Live drums, everything. It was it was great. So definitely been been listening to a lot of 100% Electronica this week. And I managed to get the uh, the Deep Fantasy vinyl while I was there, the red one. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Got it signed by uh, both guys from surfing. So, yeah. It's pretty killer, man. Like, did, like, people throw their panties upstage, bring out the lighters for the slow songs, tell them to play Freebird, keep lift everyone off? <laughs> no, but i tell you what. So, speaking of lighters, I actually did get a 100% electronic lighter when I bought the uh, bought the vinyl. Nice touch there for whatever reason that may be. Uh, but, I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect in terms of people there. Um, the venue was pretty small. So, it was at the uh, Philadelphia Mausoleum of Contemporary Art. Philomoca was the venue. Uh, which is a very small building. I think I think it was it's called the Philadelphia Mausoleum of Contemporary Art because the building used to be a place where they produce headstones. Oh yeah, yeah, like I was about to call you on the mausoleum part. Like what the hell? Yeah, no, it I <laughs> not a that wasn't a mistake. It is actually called the Philadelphia Mausoleum of Contemporary Art. Uh but they so it's a it's a small venue. I think maybe like 60 by 60 square so not a big space you walk in and there's like a couple folding tables right there and then behind the folding tables are surfing and george clan like just standing back there like selling merch and then the stage is like right over to the left so it's very small small venue george clanton's basically like running around doing everything setting up equipment and talking with people um it's a really interesting venue and atmosphere uh, for a concert, much much more low key um, than you know you would think of when you go to a concert. Are there a lot of people there. Yeah, it was pretty full for the first the first act, um, which was uh, what was his name, Aaron Shadrow, which is actually George Clinton's drummer. He he did the drums for his live set, but he he performed his own music to start. Um, it wasn't too packed, but then uh, after that, it started to fill up a little bit more. And I think I think it was some people just showed up for. George Clanton. I think they just wanted to see him, so they kind of came a little bit later. Uh, but by the end of the video, it was pretty packed. Why would you not show up for a full concert, dude? I don't know. I don't. I don't try to understand people. Uh, I just, you know, I just go with it. So, you know, I mean, it's not like the tickets were expensive. The tickets were like twelve bucks. So it's it's Wait, not what? like I, yeah. I could have gone. <laughs> they were twelve bucks. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't expensive at all. So uh, maybe some people just thought about it that way. So. It also started kind of early. It started at like, um, I don't know, I think it's like 7 p.m. or 7.30. So for a concert, that's, that's pretty early. But yeah, it was, it was an absolutely killer experience. Uh, if you have a chance to go see him uh, in the future, highly, highly recommend it. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll be doing a, I'll doing a full write-up of that for the, uh, for the mag coming up, uh, issue number five. So there'll be more details and whatnot coming up in there. So keep an eye out for that. I wonder if surfing did crowd surfing. Probably not, but, you know, it's a nice thought. Mm. No, they didn't. They did not crowd surf. But I'll tell you what, George Clinton did crowd Whoa. surf. He he was out there. He was literally in the middle of, like, mosh pits and stuff, just singing and doing whatever. It was a very interesting experience. And I actually had, where I, where I was, there was a balcony that goes around half of the, the whole building. And I went up there and was standing there for the whole concert because I was maybe 15 feet or 10 feet behind the... Um, like in front of the stage and I had a view of everyone. Um, and it was a great spot to, to experience the whole concert. Uh, so if you want to see it, go on to the private suite mag, uh, Instagram, uh, at private suite mag on Instagram. And I was 
controlling the Twitter account uh, for that evening, the Twitter account, the Instagram account for that evening and posting stuff on the story. So they're all saved on there. Um, and you can see some clips from the concert if you go check it out there. Question, why was there a mosh pit at a Vaporwave concert? It's again, it's hard Matt, to use, I don't, man. you ever heard George just don't connect. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it, it's, he's got that weird, again, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's traditional Vaporwave. It, it's definitely not. Yeah. But it's, it's got that feel to it and it's, it's, it's almost like Vaporwave with like original vocals over it, but it's all, it's all mm-hmm. original music. It's, if you were there, you'd kind of understand it. You know, it, it's, oh, yeah. I don't know. Seemed right, so people just started mashing. And then also, there were—I mean, there were all sorts of weird people there as well. I mean, there were, everyone was pretty much normal. But then there was a guy wearing like a spacesuit. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing like this like silver spacesuit, um, and then he was with another guy who was wearing a bathrobe tucked into his gym shorts. Oh, oh, oh! I know them. They're uh, my uh, landlord. Oh, okay. Yeah, good, good. Good. Send on my regards when you uh, when you see them. I'm due by six weeks. Okay, cool. Speaking <laughs> of six weeks, uh, Matt, how did uh, Vaporwave Madness turn out? Uh, Vaporwave Madness two eight one four, Birth of a New Day one. I wasn't very surprised, just because it's like the third most popular Vaporwave. What's the album. number two? Well, well, it's kind of floor shop and echo jams. Oh, okay, okay, like a tie. Yeah, but in the final. 2814 beat out world class by luxury elite yeah i mean while i do prefer luxury elite i recently re-listened to 2814 and honestly it's not half bad and it actually is kind of innovative for what was going on at the time it's just not my cup of tea and this 2814 guy might be onto something here right <laughs> it's actually too good know but... what's going on here <laughs> yeah yeah he's very good at his uh job he yeah totally he it's him it's just one person totally <laughs> I I completely see why the tournament went this way. Um, you know, personally, I I wanted Luxury Elite to win. I I think for me, in terms of just you know vaporwave, you know, in a vacuum, I think Luxury Elite embodies what vaporwave is, and I think that album is you know it it is vaporwave. That that's, yeah, yeah, it makes sense, and and I I really wanted it to win. Not to say that I don't like twenty eight one two eight one four. Um, I, that album is fantastic, um, and I completely respect it. I, no surprise that it made it as deep as it did. No surprise that it won. But personally, for me, I wanted Luxury Elite. But uh, it totally makes sense in terms of how it went down. Yeah, and not only that, but when they do this next time, they they're gonna have a hard time because like they got a lot of heavy hitters in just this first one alone. Yeah, they they did. I think it depends on how they want to do the seating, how they want to break it out. You know, maybe you have like the future funk bracket and you have like the, you know, ambient bracket and then, you know, something else. And then they kind of come together. So you get like the winner of each bracket and then they go against each other. But yeah, I hear it, it all depends on how you break it out. And there's plenty of big albums that did not make it on there. I mean, you got stuff from, you know, you got some of the compilation albums from from like Luxury Elite, St. Pepsi. Uh, compilation, uh, that's kind Mason. of cheating. Not couple, well, not, I shouldn't say compilation, but like the the um, duo, duo col- collaboration. Yeah, so Winter Circle or, or Late Night Delight, you know, any of those things. So there's there's quite a bit of stuff that just wasn't included on there that they can certainly go and include for the next one. So I think there'll be some time. John Newsma, who who ran the the, con- the concert, the um, the tournament. Yeah, he's he 
made a very lengthy post on Reddit about you know his plans for the next one and, and what he plans to do. And I think he's going to take quite a bit of time in between this one and the next one, because I think it was a, quite a bit of work for him to put this all together, making those images and then tallying up the votes and, and whatnot. Um, so there's certainly certainly ways he can do it more easily and, and more efficiently, but whatever he wants to do with that is, is good. And I certainly thank him for doing it. I mean, it was a great great thing to engage the community much needed so, levity much needed fun honestly more stuff like yeah. that should happen exactly exactly yeah, they should do yearly ones based on what was put out that year although it's going to be like smaller for the year because like the original vaporwave madness drew on from like all time and that and by the all time i mean 10 years exactly <laughs> all time so, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the earth is only 10 years old matt i mean that it's as common knowledge man <laughs> Sorry, guys. God, get with the program. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, 2814, Vapor Champion 2018, 2019, whatever. Current Vapor Champion. We'll see what happens next. Moving on. So, um, I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago asking for suggestions on what we can do for the podcast. We want to engage with the community, we want to engage with our listeners readers of the magazine, we want to cover things that you guys want to hear about. And one way that I, something I thought would be a great way in order to get you guys directly connecting with us is to actually hear what you have to say, get you guys on the show. So with that, uh, we are announcing that the Private Suite Podcast hotline is now live. You can call in to us, uh, leave us a voicemail, and we will play that voicemail on the show, answer a question, talk about what you got to talk about. Who knows? Maybe you got a song or a story or something like that. Leave us a message and we will play that on the air. You can contact us uh, through this number. It's a US-based number, 412-44-VAPOR, 412-44-82767. Give us a call. We'll listen to your message, maybe even play it on the show and uh, give us something to talk about. All right, it's time for the unknown album review between the three of us that we listen to using our ears on Bandcamp. Yes, sir. Benares, Night Rain. It's kind of synthwave, and by kind of, I mean it literally is synthwave. I don't know why you put vaporwave <laughs> in the tags. Uh, how do you feel about it, uh, Matt, uh, Rich? Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty solid album. I mean, it's compared to a lot of other synthwave I've listened to, I... It doesn't sound like just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not like, it is straight synthwave, but it's not like some of like the hard, like, real. Like bangers. Yeah. Or like, tone style. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not like in front of like an outrun arcade cabinet and like, you know, it's, doing coke off of something like, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> it, it seems a little bit lighter. Yeah. That's what happens when you take Quaaludes instead. But anyhow. <laughs> Um, it sounds kind of like if Chromio did like a straight up synthwave album and like decided to play it a bit more poppy because that's what it sounded like. Like a lot of like modern yeah. techniques, like pop stuff. That's not a bad thing. It's just like something no. to know, especially on World's End. And while I didn't fancy the album all that much, I really like that approach, like to just merge old with the new instead of being like, okay, we got the retro futurism here and we have the latest pop trends over here. Merging them together, that was a nice move, especially on the second last out, second last track. Yeah, I appreciate you know even just looking at like the the visual aspect of it, looking at the cover. 
Um, it it's definitely it has that quote unquote like outrun look to it, you know, with the reflection of the lights on the the wet um, the wet ground. But it's not just you know a grid going into like a sunset typical synthwave stuff. Matt, what about you? Um, I really like the w- the way that the uh, album art connected with the album. Like that's key for a lot of vaporwave or synthwave. But a lot of times you see albums where the album art is just garbage but that really sets the tone for most of the album before you see it or listen to it i think the songs were really good they were a little bit repetitive for my taste i would have liked to have seen some variation just within them but it was like the same if if you listen to the first 20 seconds of the song you heard the whole thing i mean to be fair when i i looked up this guy a little bit Benares, he seems to be more of a graphic designer i don't know mm-hmm. i'm probably wrong but who cares he he also and like that cover is probably designed by him but for a first album ever released especially in a genre he's probably hasn't done before this is honestly quite solid no the quality is is really good um it's you know i don't want to offend like anyone with like it's totally like into synthwave or anything but like i mean i think the nature of what it is a lot of it is very repetitive um but this is a i think is a, a solid album where you can kind of get into it or you can kind of put it on the background and just let it go and it's you know it's not just ambient music it'll it's multifaceted in terms of like how you can you can treat it his first release and it's yeah i think pretty good and i can totally see where you're coming from with him being a graphic designer in terms of the artwork it all like it makes sense if if you know that's his background in terms of how it sounds and and what it looks like yeah I see a lot of potential for the guy. Like, like first album was really good. A lot of people's first albums were, you know, garbage. But I don't know. He's definitely someone I'm going to come back to later to see what he puts out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, good, good first start. I I don't know if you guys looked at the track list at all before you started listening to it. I I usually with with most vaporwave, with most anything that I'm listening to in this this world, um, I typically just hit play and go. I don't look at the song names. I don't pay attention to them. But I'm playing this earlier today and, you know, kind of listening to it again just to, you know, make sure I got my bearing straight on it. And like my wife comes down and she's like, this sounds like Goodbye Horses. And I'm like, it's, it's not Goodbye Horses. It's this is, you know, this is it's, it's different. Don't it, it's not Goodbye Horses. It's like, not Goodbye two, Horses. It's my original song. Goodbye yeah. Horses. <laughs> it's like two minutes later. She's like, this really sounds like Goodbye Horses. And I'm like, it's not Goodbye Horses. And I pull my phone out and I look at it and I'm like okay, this song is actually called Goodbye Horses. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the name of the song. So it's like, okay, it makes sense that you're picturing like Jay and Silent Bob, you know, with you know, your dick tucked in between your legs. And, you know. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the album or the, the song names. They didn't really connect with each other very well, but they did connect you said with the song. You said you're not a fan? You said you're not a fan of the song names? Uh, the names, I don't know. I feel like he was trying to set a mood with the album cover and the, the name and the style of the music itself. But the names don't really connect with that very well. They're just kind of, I don't know, random. Oh, yeah, I hear you there. I mean, the songs kind of work as like singles. When I tried to listen to it ambiently, like straight in a row on my time, it didn't really work. But when I listened to them individually, they coalesced a lot better somehow. It's sort of like a spider's legs. They don't connect to each other. They connect to a hole. It was kind of funny. It's actually raining right now, and it I listened to it while it was raining, and it really fits the mood. Lo-fi synthwave beats to study or relax to in the 80s. 
lo-fi beats to study and relax to while doing cocaine. Also in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Bring your cocaine to work day. Nice. Cool. You guys, got anything else on this? Uh, no, I ain't got much else. Good album. Cool album. Yeah, definitely definitely worth checking out. Um, I, I There's no reason not to do that. We will link to the, uh, the album in the description of this show. So, again, check it out on Bandcamp. What do we got next? Uriel, you got something for us. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, recently, there's this guy, PZA, and he's been stealing music. Never heard of him. So, essentially, he's this musician who uses this pizza theme on all his stuff. Hence, PZA. His real name's Cody Troglin. He basically takes some other upcoming artist's song and just slows it down, and that's how he makes music. But, recently, he's been trying to do original material, and then he got caught again on a Zelda album doing stuff. I'm just like, dude, why? But also, I want to know, like, what could happen with him. Like, this is going to blow up. People know who PZA is. It's common knowledge that he's done this stuff. I'm just wondering, like, what will happen to him when he, like, reaches into the fader, they catch him, or if, like, uh, Pitchfork does a write-up on this guy? Because I've seen news articles know him before. If you Google PZA, there are some articles reviewing him not aware of what he's done. But now that he's getting more known for this, especially since he stole a song from like a popular YouTuber, Lily Pichu, he's in deep trouble. What do you think? I don't know. Some people are standing up for him saying that it's like, oh yeah, it's Vaporwave because he's he's changing the song and calling it his own. But he doesn't really change the song. When you're making Vaporwave, you use different, like, or I saw someone post something similar to this on Twitter. You use, like, building blocks from different songs or different parts of a song and put something together that's, like, your own piece. But PZA, he gets, like, he'll take a song, slow it down by about two seconds and release it as his own. Yeah, that's kind of what, I mean, this this is all very similar to the Haircuts for Men stuff that we talked about back in the first episode. It all goes back to what is fair use, what is art, what's considered an original original composition. You know, personally to me, if you're just taking a song and slowing it down by a few seconds and then releasing it, I guess technically, yes, it is a it's a new piece. But you know, what kind of artistic weight does that really carry? You know, in the end, you know, you look at someone who who does work in samples, and you know, what Matt just said, they're, they're sampling it. You're taking a little piece and you're mixing it. You're, you're adjusting it. You're using it to create something new. Um, even people like, you know, who are more in the mainstream and doing mashup work, you know, you're, you're cutting and chopping stuff and it's creating something new, not just something that's slightly different, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like a lot of it's enough to call it your own. Yeah. It's just sort of a remix. And a lot of the time he doesn't really credit these guys. I'm, what I'm curious is to think is that, like, this is going to blow up. He's not an obscure figure. Like, people know who PZA is. People know who Cody Troglin is. Like, what do you think is going to happen to him? You know, it, it depends on how he how he decides to approach it moving forward. You know, I, I notice a lot of artists now, when they release stuff, they're, they're making a point to say, you know, sample free. You know, this is this is this is you know original music from this artist. You know, surfing's new sound is is now sample free. Everything's original, and that's that's fantastic. And and I think Haircuts for Men now is even doing sample free music. They're they're doing their own original stuff. 
maybe he can pivot to do something like that where he actually starts making his, you know, everything original. Not that that's super easy to do. I mean, that, that adds a whole new dimension to actually creating music, but that might be what you have to do. On the other hand, if you want to keep sampling stuff, I think that's totally okay. I think there is, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about vaporwave, you know, we, our, our world here, what we talk about, you know, is kind of built on sampling old or existing music and, and, you know, using it to create this, this new art. So I think if he, he's going to have to, to change, I think he's going to have to change how he does stuff. Bottom line, there's, there's going to have to be major change. It's, I, I don't know how he's going to do it. You know, I think he'll have to, you know, I don't know how often he puts out an album. I, I'm not, I'm, I don't really follow his stuff too much, but you know, you may not be able to put out an album every, you know, month or every other month or, you know, like some guys do. Um, you may have to take more time with it and that's okay. You know, if you do that, you maybe put more time into it. I'd rather see something, you know, well-constructed, well thought out and, and more original than something to slap together that might be borderline theft. Yeah. Like you can do that on YouTube Literally, like there you have this feature, you click on the little gear, slow it down by like 0.5% and boom, you have a PZA song half the time. <laughs> like, I honestly am unsure if like you'll really achieve success with this, but you never know. It's kind of a double-edged sword. He's like kind of in a pickle on one hand, but on the other, he, he did steal music, so. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, is that really theft? You know, what is stealing, what is stealing music? You know, what, what would you consider stealing music? Ah, probably not really changing the appeal of it. The problem is the appeal, like what is focused on in the song is subjective. And a lot of the time people can find different things within it. Like, um, I remember somebody was like just making remixes by adding mix drums on YouTube. And this was like an obscure person. No one's ever going to hear of, and their channel is deleted. So it's not like you can find them anymore. But the thing is, is that uh, that's all they did. That's, they just added drums. And that's still a smidgen above PZA's stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I mean, the whole remix aspect is actually interesting. Because, I mean, remixes have been around forever. I mean, dating back to the, you know, the 80s and people, you know, remixing existing music, even stuff that's current, you know, that that's not mm-hmm. a new concept, you know, if you've you've listened to any kind of mainstream music before, I'm sure you've, you heard a remix of something um, that's completely okay and accepted in the mainstream. Yeah. And you know, I, so why is, why is this different? Well, the thing is, is that PZA doesn't consult the artists. He doesn't credit them. He doesn't do anything, but just slow it down. And he doesn't even like bring it up. He sometimes denies this, sometimes tells this. it's, I don't know. I don't want to get involved, but like, I think the death knell or death nail, I don't, I don't really know what the phrase is, is going to be like, whether he's honest about it, whether he changes, yada, yada, yada. Also, the 80s, man, that's like more than 10 years ago. That really is forever. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, I don't know, like 30, 40 years ago now? I think we're at started, 40. So. 39. We're a little, little far removed from that. Shit, that's like prehistory. That's like when the Big Bang happened. Basically, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I So... I mean, bottom line, at least for me, I I think if if he wants to continue, you know, being relevant in this in this community, he's gonna have to change. He's gonna have to do something. Maybe do some original stuff. Maybe change the way he samples stuff. I think he can recover from. It. I think that's totally totally doable if you change your sound. 
Um, and I see haircuts for men, you know, releasing stuff now. And I think he's, you know, kind of bounced back from that whole thing that, that he was going through earlier on. But it's, you, you gotta, I think it's, it needs to be more thought into the music. You need to, you need to come up with stuff. And I think it'll, it'll come out better uh, once he starts doing that kind of stuff. You know, if you put more thought, more effort into it, you're going to get a better product. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think he's completely 100% unforgivable or off or anything. And even if I'm not going to police what other people think of him, like, I still think there's hope out there. According to your music, he can play guitar. So that's a start. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to cast any judgment. You know, I'm not going to, we're not calling for him to like, you know, be shut down and you're terrible. Like, by no means. That's not, it's not what we're trying to do. Um, I think, you know, I think we'd like to see what he can do, you know, with, kind of more within the realm of what I guess other people accept as not theft or, or okay within the sampling realm of, of Vaporwave. Let's bury that one. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, uh, Guys, what else do we have today? Do we have anything else that we want to, we want to dig into? Yeah. Um, Rich, I think one of your topics was a uh, yacht rock versus Vaporwave, right? Yacht rock versus Vaporwave. Yes, let's uh, let's let's dabble in that for a little bit. Something that we want to talk about on this show is we want to talk about what music you know we listen to outside of vaporwave. Because I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't listen, I don't in, engulf my life in vaporwave music. I, I I couldn't do it. There's there's life beyond this walled garden that you know exists. That's good. That I enjoy. Um, so I listen to quite a bit of music. That's not vaporwave, so I think maybe you know this. I'll I'll talk about it this episode. Maybe next episode we'll we'll talk about one of you guys and you know, go on from there. So for me, a genre that I really enjoy is yacht rock. Um, if you don't know what yacht rock is, Uriel has a fantastic recommendation for a YouTube show where you can learn about the history of yacht rock. It is a hundred percent true. It's kind of like they traveled in time and filmed it. It's it's it is literally everything in that show is one hundred percent accurate. That actually happened word for word. Is it called again? Mm-hmm. Yacht Rock. It's called the hist- the history of Yacht Rock with Hollywood Steve. Hollywood Steve Huey. Yeah, I mean, it. I can tell you that there actually was a a battle behind Coco's Boathouse between Daryl Hall, John Oates, and Michael McDonald. It actually happened. They fought. Yeah, it was. And it was epic. Yeah, it was pretty rad. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Coco Goldstein. We miss you. <laughs> so what got you into Yacht Rock? So, what? first of all, if, if you don't know what Yacht Rock is, Yacht Rock kind of refers to this music from, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and it's just, it's like smooth, smooth music. Just real, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of rock, but it's, you know, real kind of mellow, but... It's like Quiet Storm, but for rock. Yeah, yeah. So... The way I got into it, and then I kind of got into it without even knowing that I was into it. The The first album that I ever owned, the first CD that I ever got, like when I was a kid, I think I was maybe like 10 or 11, if not younger than that. I My dad took me to go to like a record store like in the mall nearby and wanted to pick out a CD because I had just gotten a, like a portable CD player for my birthday or something. Um, and... I had no idea what to pick out because I didn't know anything about music at that point and didn't have any tastes or anything developed at that point. 
and he's like, oh, here, get this album. You know, this is this is a good album, good good thing to listen to. And it was the best of the Doobie Brothers. Four guys who aren't related but call themselves the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> but I, I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I know he liked them. I knew he listened to them. Uh, but I'm like, all right, whatever. I gave it a shot. And I listened to that album, I don't know, hundreds of times. I mean, I still listen to that album every so often, regularly. And I just, I really... I really enjoyed that kind of stuff. And that kind of led you led me to go and, you know, looking at stuff by like, you know, Kenny Loggins and the Eagles and, you know, all these other bands that, you know, kind of fall into that, that yacht rock genre. And then you, you just discover more of it. And, and I realized when I, I, I first heard the term yacht rock, I think it was, I don't know, maybe like eight years ago, nine years ago or something. It was on some late night show. And they mentioned it was like yacht rock week. And, and it was like all this music that I had, I, I knew already and I listened to. Um, so I said, it kind of started, you know, searching on like Pandora uh, and other, other music services for yacht rock and even discovering more of it. So I just really got into just that style of music and it's just really, it's, it's a good type of music I can just kind of put on and, you know, zone out to or sing to, or, you know, it's really, really enjoy. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I, how I got into it. It's kind of funny that you, that you brought this up because I've just been getting into Yacht Rock. I remember, you know, Camino uh, 84 put out mm-hmm. Yacht Rock Breaks a while ago. I heard that yes. one on Business Casual a while back and I just like instantly fell in love. I think he's got another album. He's yes. Got, I think Yacht Rock Breaks 2 coming out in the next uh, couple first. weeks, I think. Camino, if you're listening to this, bring it to my ass. I don't care if it's like from like a freaking <laughs> hot air balloon. Throw it at my head. I want a concussion of Yacht Rock. <laughs> what? <laughs> just ignore him he's he's whatever he's maybe he needs that concussion to to get him back into shape so right. um yeah. but you know what's interesting with with yacht rock though is i think a lot of the the feeling that you get from vaporwave and a lot of like even some a lot of the samples um that come from vaporwave come from that era of music and that whole like lifestyle you know you you, you think of yacht rock and like you know, part of me, you know, obviously thinks of like, you know, a yacht and like, you know, the way people dress in a certain way and like a certain lifestyle and listening to Vaporwave kind of does the same thing in a certain sense, depending on what you're listening to. Like definitely like Luxury Elite, I get like the same kind of like nostalgia and feeling as if I'm listening to like, I don't know, like Christopher Cross or, or, or something like that. I completely hear you there because like this was the music that my parents listened to. I didn't yeah. really grow up liking it. I grew up hearing it, if you know what I mean. Like, they played it mm-hmm. for me, and I just listened, and I'm like, okay, this is fine. And while I don't like each and every song, I like the vast majority. And I like that Sirius XM station that plays it, The Bridge, I think. There was actually a Yacht Rock station on Sirius XM for a few months back uh, last summer. It oh, was yeah. called Yacht Rock. And, like, when I found out that they had that station, like, that was what I was listening to on my way to work every day i had that on i love that station even if they played the same like 50 songs just <laughs> on a loop pretty much um i just i loved it i would i could just listen to that at any time um and be totally totally okay with that um but what you said about your parents listening to that that's that's exactly what it was for me my dad would listen to it and i'd hear it and like i i know it exists and i i didn't have any problems with it and then going back and listening to it, you know, as an adult or later on in life, it 
you know, I, I find out I, I really do enjoy listening to it, you know, and it makes sense based on, you know, how I enjoy Vaporwave that, you know, these, these two kind of genres go hand in hand and it, it makes sense. Yeah, not only that, but it, like to be semi-personal for a second, it also kind of reminds me of my parents who, by the way, are still alive. Okay, just putting that out there. <laughs> cool. They used to be alive, but they're still alive too. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, I think some of the most most um, nostalgic things are the things that you really take for granted when you were a kid. Like, um, I don't know, when I was little, we used to watch documentaries and stuff, and most of them were from you know, like the, the 90s or 80s. And looking back at some of those documentaries that we watched are some, it's just like insane amounts of nostalgia. It's like you're swimming in it. The, the music, the voices, just what goes on in the videos. It's incredible. I'm actually kind of surprised that they don't use documentaries for um, like old documentaries for vaporwave. Oh, it's coming. If you can put it out there, someone will do it. Docu. I don't, I don't make music, but Hey, it's always, it's always worth it. Worth a shot. I mean, you can. I mean, you can make vaporwave out of anything. I mean, the one, the one album, um, and it's like Saturn tapes that I, I think I talked about the last episode or a couple episodes ago. I mean, that's a Saturn, like a Saturn car demo cassette tape that they would give you to like test out the sound system, and they made a whole album out of it. I mean, the, one of the most famous vaporwave albums is a Kmart, you know, blue light special tapes. You can make it out of anything. Yeah, I mean, like I remember. This isn't vaporwave, but it's a sampled thing that happens in like almost every damn song. I don't know where it's from. It goes like this. For listening to this, please tune your bass to ours. This sequence is played several times or something like that. I heard it in Fantastic Plastic Machine, Lisa Lisa Cult Jam, and even some actual vapor tracks. I just don't know what it's called. If anyone knows what that is, please let Uriel know so he can sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Yacht Rock. I can I it's I'm going to I'm going to quit this show. I'm going to start a Yacht Rock podcast instead. And just, and no, don't leave us. <laughs> Rich. Oh man. All right. So I think that's about it for today. We covered quite a bit of ground today. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got a lot done. A couple things before we leave. Um Matt with uh issue number 5. We have that coming out when? Man, I think it's February twelfth. Yeah, not gonna hold you to that, but right around there, a couple of weeks, <laughs> you should you should uh, you should see issue number five uh, appearing on our uh, social channels and online. You'll be able to check that out on the website. Got some cool stuff coming up for uh, for that issue. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, uh, you can go to Twitter. Our handle is Private Suite Mag. Uh, for the podcast dedicated Twitter, it is Private Suite Pod. Facebook.com slash Private Suite Mag, Instagram at Private Suite Mag, Patreon.com slash Private Suite Mag. Uh, now, with Patreon, just note the period is already closed to receive issue number five as a physical copy. If you sign up for Patreon now uh, on the physical tiers, you will get that uh, starting issue number six. So just keep that in mind. Not that we're trying to discourage anyone from joining, uh, but need to set expectations so but definitely definitely go check us out on patreon there also uh in terms of our show if you are enjoying listening to this podcast we do ask that you please go leave us a review on uh, apple podcasts give us a rating uh, 
give us some feedback on there. That's that's what the reviews are for. Um, it definitely helps our visibility uh, when we do get reviews. So if you want to, we we would certainly appreciate it if we get any uh, any feedback on there or wherever you listen to your podcast, if they have a feedback uh, feedback section there. Uh, Matt and Yuri, do you guys have anything else before we head out? Nada. I think that is a no, Matt. I said no. <laughs> and then come through, so. Um, all right, guys, we'll uh, we'll be back with a full episode in about two weeks. Uh, in the meantime, we may have some bonus content coming out for you guys uh, in between then. But uh, we'll see you guys soon. Don't forget to give us a call on the voicemail if you want to check us out there. 412-44-VAPOR. Uh, until next time, guys, take it easy. Peace. Later. Peace.